I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey, you guys, and welcome back to the News Du Jour, a calmer space to consume the news. So really quickly here at the top, I have a couple announcement reminder type things. So firstly, I apologize to you guys. I meant to remind you that I take off all bank holidays. Monday was Memorial Day here in the U.S., so that's why we were off. Uh, Being a new mom, I'm still just, my head is spinning, and I don't even know what day of the week it is most of the time. So that totally slipped my mind, but you can go ahead and assume if it's a bank holiday and there's no episode, that's why. Anywho, today's theme for our episode will definitely be like D.C., you know, politics, politics, politics. So before we jump into that, though, I do have a mini story that's on a different subject. So let's get into that first. So Russia launched its largest drone attack in Kyiv since the start of the war with 40 drones intercepted. Luckily, only one person was killed. But of course, this is just the latest in the Russian efforts to ramp up their attacks on the Ukrainian capital. While these are still more like acts of terrorism than strategic military maneuvers, that doesn't make them any less terrifying for those living through them in the capital city of Kyiv. Our hearts go out to all those living through this war day in and day out. Stay strong. Okay, so for today, I thought we would take the day, because it's a very slow news day, to uh, break down the two platforms of DeSantis and Tim Scott and really do a deep dive into these two Republican candidates, as promised. I told you guys we would circle back around to them, and so today's a great day to do that. We're going to take a deeper look at both of these candidates for president in 2024. Those of you who might be voting in the primary need to know exactly who these guys are and what they stand for and if they might be the candidate for you. And for everyone else, these could be Biden's main challenger come November 2024, or they could run again in the future and have a bit bigger platform. So it's always good to get to know the various characters running for president. So let's get into it. Let's start with Ron DeSantis. So obviously, we have covered him a lot on this podcast. He's the current governor of Florida. He has taken on Disney in a political way. But you may have never even heard his voice before. It's so crazy how someone can be such a large character on the political stage. And yet we still really aren't that familiar with them. So let's hear a bit from his campaign ad to get a little bit more familiar with his platform, his tone of voice, and then we'll deep dive into some more specifics about who he is as a person. Our border is a disaster. Crime infests our cities. The federal government makes it harder for families to make ends meet. And the president flounders. 
but decline is a choice. Success is attainable and freedom is worth fighting for. Riding the ship requires restoring sanity to our society, normalcy to our communities, and integrity to our institutions. Truth must be our foundation, and common sense can no longer be an uncommon virtue. In Florida, we prove that it can be done. We chose facts over fear, education over indoctrination, law and order over rioting and disorder. We held the line when freedom hung in the balance. We showed that we can and must revitalize America. We need the courage to lead and the strength to win. I'm Ron DeSantis, and I'm running for president to lead our great American comeback. All right, so that's your give you a little bit of a tone for his campaign. And now let's touch on his story. So Ron DeSantis was raised in Florida by a mom who was a nurse and a dad who was a cable guy. He went to Yale for college where he played baseball. And then he went on to Harvard Law School. He also served in the Navy as a JAG officer. He served in Iraq and earned two medals for his time there. As an attorney in Florida, he focused on prosecuting child predators. He was then elected to Congress in 2012. He has a pretty picture-perfect looking family with a thousand-watt smile. His core issues are probably immigration, law and order, and lowering taxes. But as you guys probably know by now, he has a strong focus on preventing transgender people from transitioning at young ages and a lot of issues related to that topic, such as participation in sports if you're transgender and things of that nature. He has also spent a lot of time and effort keeping critical race theory out of classrooms and banning books. And these are things that he sees as part of the quote unquote woke agenda or woke indoctrination. So that gives you a pretty good overview of who DeSantis is. So now let's talk about Tim Scott. So Tim Scott, I would consider to be much more of an enigma. He is a prominent Republican senator, and he is black. Those are two characteristics that are not usually found together. In fact, he is the only black Republican senator in the United States, and he is the only black person to have served in both chambers of Congress. He is now folding those qualities beautifully into his campaign. So let's hear from one of his campaign ads. On this day, April 12, 1861, in this harbor, the first shots of the Civil War were fired. And our country faced the defining moment. Would we truly be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all? America's soul was put to the test, and we prevailed. Today, our country is once again being tested. Once again, our divisions run deep and the threat to our future is real. Joe Biden and the radical left have chosen a culture of grievance over greatness. They're promoting victimhood instead of personal responsibility. And they're indoctrinating our children to believe we live in an evil country. And all too often, when they get called out for their failures, they weaponize race to divide us, to hold on to their power. 
When I fought back against their liberal agenda, they called me a prop, a token, because I disrupt their narrative. I threaten their control. They know the truth of my life disproves their lies. See, I was raised by a single mother in poverty. The spoons in our apartment were plastic, not silver, but we had faith. We put in the work and we had an unwavering belief that we too could live the American dream. I know America is a land of opportunity, not a land of oppression. I know it because I've lived it. That's why it pains my soul to see the Biden liberals attacking every rung of the ladder that helped me climb. If the radical left gets their way, millions more families will be trapped in failing schools, crime-ridden neighborhoods, and crushing inflation. Not on my watch. This is personal to me. I will never back down in defense of the conservative values that make America exceptional. And that's why I'm announcing my exploratory committee for president of the United States. I will defend the Judeo-Christian foundation our nation is built on and protect our religious liberty. I will stand up to communist China and restore opportunities for hardworking Americans to thrive and prosper. I will fight to give every parent a choice in education so their children have a better chance in life. I will defend our borders and our neighborhood streets, and I will protect our most fundamental right, the right to life itself. I bear witness that America can do for anyone what she's done for me, but we must rise up to the challenges of our time. This is a fight we must win, and that will take faith. Faith in God, faith in each other, and faith in America. God bless our United States of America, and God bless you. All right. So I hope that that gave you a sense of who Tim Scott is. And now we'll dive into his story a little bit. So he is the direct descendant of enslaved people. He was the second son of a single mother who was also a nurse, just like DeSantis's mom. He grew up in North Carolina and he went to Presbyterian College where he reported having heard the N-word hurled at him many times. He eventually graduated from Charleston Southern University, where he then began selling insurance and was wildly successful with it. He actually grew a 3,000 person business and even bought his mother a house, which is just so sweet. I loved that detail. But he then won his first political race in 1995. 2008 was also a very formative year for Tim Scott when he won his seat in the South Carolina State House and took his grandfather to cast his vote for Barack Obama. He remembers his grandfather saying, quote, Timmy, the miracle isn't if he wins or not. The miracle is that he's on the ballot. Timmy, for more than half my life, I wasn't even allowed to vote, end quote. Scott is also a strong advocate of women. Being raised by a single mom, he knows innately how capable and strong women are, and he actually served on the Women's Caucus during his term as state representative. Scott is also famously sober, but also a night owl. He has never been married and has no children. He actually stood up against President Trump at times when he suggested that there were, quote, fine people on both sides 
end quote of the rally in Charlottesville. You know, long story short, Tim Scott has made it clear that he's experienced racism throughout his whole life and he knows it when he sees it and he does not provide it a safe harbor, essentially. But as you heard in this campaign video, he chooses to focus on the opportunities provided him in this country rather than the hate that he has endured. Tim Scott also has very strong faith that he's talked about throughout his career. He asserts that this car accident that injured his ankle, which actually cut back on his college offers, redirected his life towards God. So his faith is a big part of who he is as a leader. He does not have a website up yet, but his key issues are likely to be economy for the middle class, pro-life abortion and maybe education or immigration mixed in there. I hope that this answers some of the questions that you guys may have had about these two candidates and, you know, paints a picture about who they are as people. Always feel free to DM me or email me with specific questions as we're headed into this election season. And I'm in the process of building you guys an anonymous question box about political candidates on the website so that as we're entering into this season, no question is a dumb question. You can always ask it anonymously through our box on our website. So stay tuned and be on the lookout for that. Okay, I think we're going to go over on time a little bit here. I apologize, but I did want to discuss the debt ceiling deal that was reached. So a deal has finally been struck between President Biden and the Republicans in Congress. They reached this deal just in time. June 5th was the deadline where the government would essentially stall out without a resolution. This deal, essentially what it does is raise the debt ceiling so that we can basically keep spending the way that we have been. Republicans wanted to seriously rein in spending, but Democrats wanted to keep going business as usual. Both sides had to come to the middle in order to get it done. But Democrats definitely got their way a little bit more, and some Republicans are pissed about it. The only concessions that Democrats really seem to have made was to temporarily limit spending on non-military budget items. So one expert, Josh Marshall, actually described it as if the Republicans, quote, walked into a Denny's with a gun, demanded all the money in the cash register and left with a breakfast instead, end quote. So. The reason he said this is because initially Republicans kind of went in guns blazing with McCarthy threatening to let the government default if his demands were not met. But then the deal that they ended up striking, it barely gave them anything. This led to a series of tweets from Republican leadership calling this deal a quote unquote turd sandwich, among other things. Yeah, so at least everyone did their job and avoided a government shutdown. At the end of the day, when the government stalls out like that, it makes everyone look bad. So with that, that is the news du jour. And today I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, dialogue is always more important than consensus. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review or shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us be able to keep creating the news du jour. 
But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugarfreemedia. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from... Oh. Oh.